The Good Body Podcast is a place where I teach and preach and share stories about my journey to remembering that my body has always been a good body. It's my goal with this podcast to share thought-provoking insights from my experiences as a food and body coach and from all the lessons I've learned during my recovery from body dysmorphia so that you, my sweet friend, can have a mini breakthrough in each episode that helps you to remember how good your body is too. Hello, hello, and welcome to the first episode of the Good Body Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. My name is Candace Dixon. I am a food freedom coach. I'm also an intuitive healer, and I've been doing this work for about three years now, serving um, just over 16 clients now in this space. And I'm so excited to start this podcast. I've been dreaming up this baby for quite a while now. And my idea with this episode is to give you some explanation around my story, my experience, why you would even care to listen to me and what you're going to find around here. So I I think I'd just like to start by uh, prefacing my story for you. Why, Why would I know anything about good bodies? Well, I spent a really long time um, in in a life that I was stuck. I felt very stuck in my body. I felt like my body was a bad body. Everything about my body was bad. Everything about me was bad. I had to suppress myself constantly. Um, The the version of myself that uh, I used to live in before my healing started is a very common version of the clients that I serve, women who are stuck in hustle culture and masculine-driven jobs, usually corporate jobs, you know, careers, and also trying to keep our homes together and You know, we've been conditioned in in our entire lives to suppress our needs. And so we become these people pleasers and we wear these masks and we do all these things that we don't want to do. And we're just constantly hustling and overachieving and forcing ourselves to do things we don't want to do and blowing everything up out of proportion, taking things personally, being perfectionists. I mean, we are just really micromanaging, finagling, and controlling our entire existence sometimes. And so if this feels like you, you're in the right place. You're my person. We we are the same type of people. This is the way that I used to live my life as well. And so I don't say this as a way to shame you if this is something that you're struggling with right now. I just bring this out into the open uh, to air it out in a way that, you know, makes it almost laughable because I feel that we all carry so much shame around these existences, these experiences that we kind of, these rat races or these like hamster wheels that we find ourselves on. And there's really no shame because we all do it. We, we all get stuck. Everybody gets stuck. And so my story, it was a little more extreme, a little bit more stuck than most, I think. And I use it as a way to maybe help you to not feel so shameful because I think that when we shame, shame can only exist if we're not willing to talk about these things. And so if this is a part of your current or past existence, there's no shame in this. These are just ways that you can notice and become aware of the fact that this isn't the way to live. Because I also think that with that shame, we have a tendency as women to brush a lot of this stuff under the rug and act like it's not that big of a deal or white knuckle our way through the rest of our lives and just try to ignore all of our problems. And, 
you know, ignore all of this hate that we have for our bodies. And the entire point of this podcast is to wake you up to the fact that your body has always been a good body and you don't have to carry so much hate for it. We don't have to wrap up all of our our self-hatred in our bodies. So my existence was very wrapped up in my body. I placed a lot of my misery and my dissatisfaction with my life on my body as being responsible for that. I, I pretty much summed up every bit of misery I experienced in my life as having been able to be resolved in some shape or form by a better body. If I had a better body, I would have a better lover. I would have a better job. I would have a better car. I would have a better, you know, more friend, whatever it was, every single thing in my life I could blame fat for. It was very easy for me to be frustrated with myself and with the state of my life and my reality and blame my body for that so that I didn't have to take action so that I could kind of stay stuck in this state of, of, well, I'm, I'm not going to try because I don't want to fail. And I failed so many other times before I don't want to try again. And, you know, all of the shame and this that's wrapped up in these cycles. And so I lived probably my first 30 plus years, I think I was 31 years old when I first woke up to the way that I was living my life. I was stuck in this cloud for 30 years. I was blind to it. I, I didn't realize what was how painful it was and what was going on. I actually didn't realize that there was any other way. I didn't realize there was any other way to live. I felt like this was just the way life was. You just, you just finagle with food. <laughs> you just constantly go through these cycles of losing and gaining weight, right? Like I just felt like this is what we do with food. This is what we do with life. There is no other way to live. And so I became really wrapped up in all the details and the minutia and the surface level stuff. And I was unwilling to let anybody go deeper and get to know me. And, you know, I was really starting to crave these deeper connections and I really wanted to be seen and heard. And um, I kind of found myself getting to this place where I was just really angry and frustrated. And I, I think that I spent a lot of my energy sort of in this like proving um, defensive place where I felt like I was constantly having to explain myself or, you know, um, make make up, not make up reasons, but, you know, really have, have good reasons for everything. And always just looking over my shoulder, looking externally outside of myself for the right answers. I didn't really trust myself to make decisions in my life. And so this left me feeling very dissatisfied, unconfident. Um, and, and how I coped with this in my experience was because I was a career woman and I had, I was a, a leader and I needed to do all of these things in my job, these masculine things in my job, I ended up developing this mask, this persona that I wore, this archetype within myself that felt very safe and comfortable for me. That was very cold and uh, kind of, she had this resting bitch face and everybody was kind of like, you know, just don't fuck with Candace. You know, she's really mean. <laughs> and if you know me now, you'd know that I'm completely the opposite of that. But I share all of this with you so that you can understand just how much of an impact it can make on your life to do this work. And I'm not here to convince you to do this work. Um, I'm not here to 
you know, make you come over to, off of the diet culture team onto the intuitive living team. I really just want to share my experience with you so you can really see what's possible because I had no idea what was possible for me. I just thought this is the way life was. It was never going to get any better. There were no other options for me. And so I lived in this state of being the story of this angry woman who was frustrated with herself and the world and, and just constantly waiting for more and for changes and for things to get better and for life to get better for me to start living. And I, I was just in this kind of uh, an unconscious state of dis-ease and unhappiness with my life until it got to the point where my, my physical discomfort within my body became so uncomfortable that I, I had to make some shifts. I had to make some changes. And so in my story specifically, I dealt with body dysmorphia and puberty, which started really strong for me. And uh, I, I will do future episodes around body dysmorphia to explain that in more detail. Um, everyone has some sort of a shame, a shade of body dysmorphia lens that they can look at themselves under to a certain extent. We all experience it as a part of being human beings, but it affects some of us more deeply than others. And when it starts to become wrapped up in the, the food relationship, it starts to get a little confusing and complicated. And so for me, I learned from such a, a, a young age with, with such severe experiences, traumatic experiences around my body, uh, that it really deeply ingrained this, this desire to control my food. And so I ended up with my first eating disorder, anorexia, in my early 20s. And anorexia is just really the, the complete restriction, restricting everything, starvation, um, it's extreme restriction. And you might not whole, you might not be, you know, some people think you have to be very, very, very skinny to be anorexic. That's not the case. You can be overweight. I'm using air quotes and still be anorexic, but the, the tendencies with anorexia are starvation and restriction. And so I lived in that state. My hair was falling out, you know, my, my, dental health hygiene was, was poor. Like all of these terrible things were happening, headaches, dehydration. It, I was a mess. Um, and, and that shifted in my mid twenties into bulimia and bulimia is where you're still restricting, but then you're also over consuming or binge eating. And after the binge eat, you feel so shameful, so disgusting about what you've done, you purge. And usually you throw up with a purge, but I like to note for people that purging is not always just throwing up. You can also um, purge and, and start over again. You can get rid of all the rules that failed you, all of the, the diets that you were working through or the exercise routines that you were working through that failed you. Again, using air quotes, because you view these things as the things that led you to the binge. And so purging is the act of clearing, um, releasing, completely emptying and refilling the container. So binge purge is a cycle of bulimia. And then from there, um, I shifted into binge eating disorder, which is an actual eating disorder where you binge eat more multiple times a week, usually two to three times a week. And these binges are often uh, unconscious states where you're eating things that you most likely don't even really care for, or maybe just out of convenience, them being the only things that are there. Maybe it feels like there's urgency around a time frame. You might eat for an hour or two at a time and just not be able to stop. Um, there might be certain things that trigger you into a binge, like watching Netflix. 
Um, but these binges can sometimes become very shameful to the point where we're hiding, we're hiding wrappers, hiding in the, in the cabinets, you know, not uh, wanting to eat in front of other people. And so that's where it really becomes a disordered behavior, a, a disordered, um, it's categorized as a disorder, right? And I, I believe that most of our society is, we have a binge eating society. Everyone binge eats. Everyone fluctuates through these normalized cycles of overeating and undereating, restriction and binging. When it comes to a disorder level, it's more severe because the identity is wrapped up in this right? The worthiness is wrapped up in this. At the time I had shifted from bulimia to binge eating. So I was, I was binging without the purge. I was just holding the excess weight in my body as, as a trash can, treating my body as a trash can in a subconscious way. I was punishing myself and creating a barrier for intimacy in my body because I believed I wasn't worthy of it. I was subconsciously punishing myself. I was very, uh, in a very sick, Place. And again, eating disorders are mental health disorders. These aren't things that are within our control. There's no shame for my mind being sick at this time. I have uh, no shame in revealing the story because it, it, by revealing these stories, it helps to air out the shame that you might have around some of these experiences. And again, these are not things that we need to or should feel responsible for or guilty for, because these are things that we did as a way of coping. And again, I will talk about more of this in, in later episodes, but these are just generalized feelings for you to understand my story a little better. Um, after the binge eating disorder, <clears throat> I had really bad gut health issues starting to come online. I was uh, severely constipated and bloated. And then I would have extreme cases of diarrhea and I, my stomach would, I would feel nauseous all the time. I would bloat uncontrollably tons of gas. Um, I couldn't even bend over to tie my shoes. I was so in so much pain and, um, I just had to live. I was living every day that way. My, my joints were aching. I was beginning to develop, um, like autoimmune type of type of disorder uh, symptoms and things like that. And so I began my quest to find out what was going on with my gut. And I was still very heavy in my binge eating disorder at the time when I started exploring this and the, the uh, Western doctors weren't, weren't helping me. They were doing some tests, but things just weren't, the answers weren't coming around. They, they basically just wanted to tell me that I had IBS and give me pain pills or, you know, symptoms, relieving pills and send me on my way. And I wasn't happy with that because one, the pills weren't working the way that they should. I still had I was still in so much discomfort. And two, I knew that there were underlying issues and I just didn't want to keep putting band-aids on this bullet wound. And so I started exploring uh, Eastern modalities and all different kinds of healing modalities. And I found a naturopathic doctor, you know, we did blood work. I started new supplements. Um, I used an entire re healing regimen of, of uh, herbs that helps to kill off all of the excess bacteria I had in my gut. It was a very extreme diet I had to go on. There was all these crazy things I had to do to heal my gut. It was a, a healing protocol for about 60 days. Um, I was doing colonics. I was doing all kinds of stuff. Even after that 60 day period, it was probably about six months that I was really working hardcore on my gut, doing all kinds of things, sound baths, you know, Reiki, all kinds of body work, energy healing, um, 
really anything I could get my hands on. And uh, at the same time, I started really becoming aware of my, 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 what this other eating disorder started coming online, which is called orthorexia. And this, this eating disorder is not actually technically classified as an eating disorder yet, but it is very up and coming. I see a lot of women with these tendencies because what orthorexia is, is basically our identity, our worthiness, our self-worth is wrapped up in our abilities to be healthy. And so health, is, is the, the idea that we latch onto when we're orthorexic, whereas weight would be the idea that we latch onto when we're maybe binge eating or having these other eating disorders. And so I shifted from this place of recognizing, oh, I don't want, or I don't need to have to lose weight. That wasn't my main focus anymore. My main focus was health. And so health can actually be even more confusing if you really think about it, because there are so many ideas of what's healthy and what's not healthy out there. And when you don't have a clear center, when you don't have your own compass, your own intuitive guidance to tell you what is right or wrong for you, you have absolutely no clue what, what health actually is. And so you're kind of just blindly following whatever your mind decides healthy is, whatever your personal standards are from your perspective and your perception. And as we all know, we can be very hard on ourselves. So that can get to be very confusing place to be in when you're sort of looping in your own standards, your own uh, high expectations of yourself. And so I got to this place where I was trying to be the best, healthiest, you know, heal my gut as fast as I possibly could. And it, it got to a really unhealthy place where it was becoming disordered. And sure, I had released a lot of the binge eating disorder uh, tendencies, but I was still having binges. I was still binging because of all the restriction from this lifestyle that I had to adopt. And so I realized this was unsustainable. At a certain point, I realized I wasn't going to be able to keep this together. I, I was going to keep going back into these cycles of losing and gaining weight. And I was going to destroy all of the work I had been doing to heal my gut. And so I went on a search. I went on a quest. I went down one rabbit hole after another, after another. And after years of, of journeying and learning and healing and getting certifications and going through all kinds of programs, I've ended up finding the key, the answer, the answer being in our emotional body, in our energetic body, in the actual physical body. All the mindset stuff that we do around control and willpower and all of the learning and the thinking we do around good and bad and healthy and not bad, none of that makes a difference. What really makes a difference is tapping into the intuitive body, getting everything we need, resourcing everything we need, every answer, every bit of guidance we need, all the decisive decision-making skills are within us. And we get to stop looking outside of ourselves for all of those answers. And this all seems very, you know, way easy, more easily said than done. And that's why I've created this entire podcast to be able to share with you all the details of that process of that journey so that you know what that looks like. Um, but on the other side of this journey, so you can get some perspective on what you're going to be learning about around here. Um, on this end of my journey, I'm now completely free and liberated. Um, at this time, I'm so proud and happy to share with you that I have found a natural, beautiful weight set point that fits my body perfectly. 
My body loves to live at this natural weight set point, no matter how I live, no matter what kinds of seasons I go through in my life, more stressful seasons where I might emotionally eat a little bit more or more hormonal seasons where my body might actually need a little bit more or those seasons where I don't quite need as much, where I might be more in flow and more tapped in and more energized and need less fuel. My body goes through these seasons naturally now. And I'm so happy to say that after 30 plus years of micromanaging my weight, I've been able to experience the last few years completely unaware of how much I weigh and, and just not, not even concerning myself with that, not even having that be a goal or a strive or a thought that comes into my mouth when I put uh, my mind, when I put, put food into my mouth, I get to just, I get to just eat free from all of those obtrusive thoughts, those obsessive compulsive thoughts that were having me laying in bed at night, thinking about food, feeling, feeling stuck in, in obsessive thoughts over what I was going to eat when I was going to eat it. I, I now just have all of this time to enjoy my life. My mind is free and calm. My body, my system is calm. I can self-regulate. I don't experience the blackout anxiety and panic attacks that I used to experience at one time because I can now be present in my system and regulate my emotions responsibly. I now create the space for my experience, for my emotionality. The people who know and love me know that if I'm moved by something, they will witness me cry. And I will unapologetically express the beauty that moves through me or the, the, pa the pain that moves through me, the lightness that moves through me. My, my, now my embodiment is my truest expression. And that's my, my fullest gift to this world. I'm living my most fulfilling life by showing up in each moment as my most authentic self unapologetically, because there was a time in my life where I thought that it wasn't safe for me to have needs, for me to express my needs, for me to speak my truth, for me to speak my opinions, for me to express my emotions or not feel silly when I feel something. I was very apologetic about the way that I felt constantly. And now that I'm holding my head high and I've been described as having an authentic sense of confidence that doesn't feel like a mask or like a fake. And sometimes you can be around a woman who you might feel uh, that she expresses confidence, but you might be able to sit, sit her next to another woman who expresses a different kinds of a kind of confidence that comes from a humble, deep place inside without having to overexpress or, or elaborate or prove or defend or chase. There's a very quiet, influential kind of confidence that I've been able to embody. And that's simply just from really owning myself, my worth, my truth, being comfortable with who I am, getting to know who I am, getting to know my story, allowing my story and, and actually the awareness around my story, right? Just bringing my awareness to the fact that these things happened to me instead of continuing to brush my entire lived experience uh, under the rug or apologize for my life all the time. Now I'm just, I'm just, you know, life is life. We, we're all human beings and all of us are here to love wholeheartedly. My heart longs the same way your heart longs and our hearts long to long for other hearts. And so us withholding our longing, withholding our love, it doesn't make any sense. And all of these protection mechanisms that we do, including the finagling with our food and our bodies, 
it's, it's all just standing in the way of us openly expressing what we inherently are. Love, light, our big, open, loving hearts are here to be fully expressed. And by us suppressing that love, light, putting up our heart walls, shutting ourselves down, closing our hearts, hardening ourselves to the world, developing all these protection mechanisms, we're not accessing the fullest potential that life has to offer to us. And so we're doing ourselves a massive disservice by subscribing to all of these, these ways of thinking, these kind of unconscious, this unconscious conditioning that you might not even be aware of that's been buzzing in the background, kind of driving your entire struggle bus. And so it's, it's my hope that by explaining this story with you, that you've been slightly enlightened, hopefully you're more hopeful about the place that you might find yourself stuck in. And hopefully you feel empowered to understand that these are all decisions that we all get to make. I'm, I'm not nobody special. I'm not some, you know, magical fairy or something that's been able to snap my fingers and achieve this 85 pound weight loss and this success in my business and this ease in my life and these manifesting these beautiful experiences and relationships. This is, this is all possible for you. And this is a choice that you get to make every single day by how you show up, regardless of what your body looks like, regardless of what the world wants you to believe about your body, your body is a good body. And if you can wake up tomorrow and just live into that belief, into that truth and focus on shifting that belief inside of you, shifting the belief inside of you that says that your body is a bad body into trusting and believing wholeheartedly that your body is the best body. It's the best body you're ever going to have. It's the safest place you're ever going to be. It's your gift to this human existence, to this world. It's, it's your only skin suit, skin suit you're going to have on your time here. So enjoy it, live into it, embrace it. It's yours. It's beautifully unique. It's sovereign. It's beautiful. And I hope that you enjoy it today. And so if this episode has brought value into your life, I encourage you to share it with a friend who is hopefully on a self-love journey as well. Someone who could use an extra dose of body love, body neutrality, someone who could use a boost of confidence in their life. I'm really excited and looking forward to sharing even more wisdom with you in the future. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you found this episode helpful, you can support my work and spread the love by subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this episode on social media or with a fellow good-bodied friend. I can't wait to see you next time.